I think at that particular time, no, I don't think anybody could have really calmed me down from that news. Um, and the fact that it was just over so quick as well meant that I had to deal with that for quite some time afterwards, for a very long time afterwards. Um, even little things like, oh, dad, why didn't you just, why did you just not take an aspirin? You know, so there was like, there was bits of anger in there as well. Um, lots of upset. And and then you start to question as well, did I did I do enough? Did I call enough? Did I see him enough? And they're all they're all silly answers. They're all like, of course she did, but you know, you don't those things don't stop entering your mind. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Matt Brown, and you're listening to the Every L Podcast. Each episode, we'll have a different guest come on and talk about when life hands you an L, is it really a loss or is it something else? Because not every L's a loss. So sit back, relax, or do whatever you guys do to get comfortable as we get into this. Let's go. Hello and welcome to another episode of Every Yell Podcast, where every yell is not a loss. And we discuss it at length. Today, 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 I have a fantastic guest who I honestly cannot remember how I came across you. I know we probably got someone in common, but I just loved what you was doing. I thought, oh, look at that. She's doing some amazing work. And then I think I just saw your stories. And I just really liked how you sort of, how you was as a person. And then we ended up just chatting and I know she do a lot of things like you I have 24 hours of my day you seem to have like 36 I don't know how you accomplish all the things you do but you're just so professional you're always down at the local radio station plugging what you do uh lockdown happened you kind of halted your business or paused your business and then started up another venture and went that way and all of a sudden I'm starting seeing all these pictures of cars I'm like hang on what <laughs> people meant to be struggling in the pandemic and my girl's just winning at life right now so that happened and eventually i started seeing some super cute dogs on your stories like what what is going on here how 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 and people this is why she had i said she got 36 hours in a day because i don't know how she's coping with all of this feeding all these mouths it's just it's just it's just, it's just incredible um it's it, it's just a lot but I say all that to say this, as much as she's an incredible person, hopefully, hopefully not burn herself out. She's a genuinely lovely person. She's everything that I see her do. She seems to pour herself into it. She doesn't always just post about the happy go lucky stuff. She's very real with a lot of things she says, which is very rare, unfortunately to say on social media and reality. And I think it's just when you catch people that you get a good vibe with, you just want to keep it going because, you know, it just perpetuates, you know, good vibes, gives good vibes and so forth. But when you get that rock, that person's got the wrong energy and brings you down, it kind of leaves you feeling some sort of way. That's not what I get with this guest here. And I'm so happy that she managed to squeeze me in her diary somehow by hook or by crook um, to jump on the podcast and to share her stories and just be a guest. So without further ado, this is the wonderful Sam. And I will now ask you, can you please... <laughs> Share whatever you feel comfortable disclosing at this first instance before we go into your L's. Of course, of course. Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for staying on my case to get this podcast done. <laughs> because you know, I know that you know and, and appreciate how busy I am. So I appreciate you being patient with me to come on here tonight. Um, and thank you. It's, it's so amazing to actually be here. Like you said, we met through social media. We have some mutual friends as well and we've always just had this really lovely connection and we blossomed a friendship so it's been really really good to to know you through social media um so my name is sam as you've said i am a mother of two teenagers a daughter and a son um i'm a dog mama so i'm a dog mama to three french bulldogs who are in my absolute world um, i'm a wedding and event planner stylist and coordinator um, I'm a health and well-being coach, and I'm also um, <laughs> embarking on a new venture, 
which is shortly going to be launched. So yeah, so I'm literally just keeping busy, building a future and a legacy for my children um, and, and just trying to be positive through every single day, really. Yeah, that's a lot. And by the time this episode's coming out, the venture's probably out there, <laughs> known, taking over the world already, putting the stock one um, on the FTSE 100 already. So it's already there, right? We know it's going to be there. And then you never know, she might be a manager for a son as well. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know. It's all in the pipeline. <laughs> Mate, I'm telling you, the longest pipeline going. But no, greatly appreciate for having you. And of course, it's always worth my time. Like If people are busy, I appreciate it. And I respect that with all, you know, with all that's going on. And I just think that, It'll be great to get to know you a little bit better, get other people to know you in a way that they probably didn't know you before. Um, and just know that, yes, you can be successful, but just because things look rosy right here and now doesn't necessarily mean they've always looked this way. That's right, man. And the thing is as well, we really need to touch up, touch up on what success is to everyone because I think a lot of people think that success is cars and houses and Rolexes, materialistic things, but everybody has their own version of success. So I'm working towards my successes, but maybe my successes are not your successes, Matt. Yeah. So we all have our own successes that we're working towards and success looks different to everybody. Very true. I, I like the analogy, um, I can't remember if I said in the previous episode, but I treat success like a pizza. You might be a vegetarian. I might like meat feast. Some people might like pineapple. That's, that's not really a pizza. That's just dead. But <laughs> that still is a pizza to them. So we may not vibe with what the toppings that you selected or I've selected, but as long as I enjoy the food I'm consuming, that's it's all right. good. So yes, that's right. we can criticize, but if you ain't going to be eating that food, don't worry about it. So if that's not that's your right. version of success and you're not upset about it, crack on, do you? You're fine. So let's go into your first L, which folks I've heard a bit about, don't know too much about because I thought, uh, let's have a nice little conversation about it. Um, <laughs> and the first L that Sam would like to talk about is, where should I start from? I'm pretty tough on myself where meeting deadlines, goals, dates are concerned. So I'm sure a lot of people can probably relate to that. Those people that are sort of goal-getters, employed or self-employed or however else you're employed. But when did you first realise this was becoming a thing? Can you set the scene for us and let us know how you came up to this? Yeah, I suppose that. So first of all, when I saw that, you know, we was going to be talking about L's, I think if I was the, if we was talking maybe four or five years ago, I probably could have maybe relayed so many things. Oh, this was an L and that was an L and this was an L. But I think as I've grown mentally um, and my mindset has really, really changed, I kind of struggled a little bit with this question, if I'm being really honest, because I don't look at anything as a loss in, in my life, to be honest. Um, the, the, the setting deadlines, I'm, I'm, I am so tough on myself. So I know what I want. And once I've made a plan, and written it down. The Bible says to write down the vision and make it plain. So once that plan's written down, I then break it down into small steps and, and, and even put dates next to them, ideal dates of what I'd like to work towards or complete these certain goals by. And that's always kind of worked for me. However, this new venture that I'm embarking on has really put me to my tests because I wanted to launch the business um, for Christmas last year. It didn't. It didn't happen. I wanted to launch it for New Year this year. It hasn't happened. I wanted to launch it for the start of the summer holidays. It hasn't happened. So I've kind of had to just think. Okay, right, Sam. Everything in God's time and not your own. Um, have some patience and know that it's coming. Um, and I've just got to be patient and just keep going forward. Um, there was even a time I was looking back thinking, oh gosh, do I, sh I, shall I really continue with this? But I, when I glanced back, I've, I'm, I've come too far now to go back. So I've got to keep it moving and just work with it and just be a little bit patient with myself. And that sounds like it's like that's easier said than done because... It is easier said than done. If you're such a 
accomplished type, well, not accomplished, achieving type of individual. The only way you achieve things is by doing things. You know, you make a plan, right. you, you break it down to yes. manageable, digestible chunks, and then you go, right, how can I achieve this? Boom, I'm done, move on to the next one. Oh, that's right. And it's all building blocks that lead you up to the empire that you are ultimately building. But how do you know, or how did you know when it became an issue that you was, am I wrong in saying the word obsessing? over deadlines and making sure that you hit it yeah I think it was um a turning point where I'd get I'd 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 get really anxious um and start to doubt self-sabotage self-doubt thinking is this really going to work but now I'm learning to deal with that by just dressing back from the situation and saying yes to everything that, uni- that the universe has to kind of offer me. So if it's a closed door, okay, yes, I accept it. Let me see how I can move another way around it. So I like that because the one thing what you mentioned about the universe, that sounds very similar to an episode I had with Karen who came to a realisation that she was, well, someone sort of pre- presented it to her that she was fighting what the universe was offering her. And, she sort of, and it was sort of like lean into it. Yes, that's right lean into it accept it yes exactly that and I think a lot of us un, you know unwillingly unknowingly naively fight it because we feel we, we're trying to create our own destiny because that's what we're in control of that's we- right yes it's that's exactly right Matt like we're trying to do things our way and take control of the situation and I think if you just let go um, and let God or let the universe you know whichever way you look at life, I'm a let go, let God kind of girl, then you will slowly start to see everything just kind of panning out for you and fitting into place. And you also kind of realise, actually, that has happened for a reason. And and I think that's another part of it. That, for me, feels like it's come through maturity. But I know that there's been times in my past. Yes, definitely. In the heat of the moment, as much as I'm a very logical person, (laughs) my head couldn't get engaged now my my feelings I was all up in my feelings right there I was feeling and that's the thing when you get in your feelings you know what when you get in your feelings it's so dangerous when when your feelings are in the way that is such dangerous territory such dangerous territory I tell my son when we got when we're on the pitch we have no feelings beast mode yeah you apologize and shake hands after the match my my son is you know he's very humble um, he's a very humble being, but we turn humble off when we're on the pitch. There's a time to be humble, and then there's a time where we're in straight beast mode, and that's just the same when we're in business as well. When we're in business, we're we're in beast mode. And and that is that is a very correct statement because there's a time and place for everything, you know, in terms of how you are and so forth like that. So if you're going to deliver something like, for instance, I, I know I struggled in the past and I probably to a degree sometimes do struggle with pricing certain jobs that I do for people because I don't want to feel like I'm taking liberties, but at the same time, I don't, I don't want to undersell myself. That's right. And it's kind of like, you look at Apple and you think, yo, they're unapologetic with their side. Unapologetic. They will charge you over four figures yeah, for a that's phone. That's right. For not even not even a laptop. For a phone. Yes. They'll they'll give you that. They don't even give you a charger no more. They don't even give you headphones. No. <laughs> no, they're they giving don't even you less give you a stuff. <laughs> they're giving you less stuff and charge you a holy per money. Yet they do it staring you right in the face. That'll be that'll be thirteen hundred pounds, please. That's right, because they know their worth. This is the thing, they know their worth. And that's it. And because they know that, yes, Android come out, come up with a whole bunch of features that Apple only just jumped on the boat, um, jumped on about now. However, they've refined it. They've delivered, they know what they're bringing to the table and other people may not feel the same way. And I think that we need to understand that when we're going to do something, do it to that standard where we know that. That's right we can see our value and appreciate yes, but definitely. even though we're doing that i would like to say we need to try and be kinder to ourselves because it can have a negative effect on our mental health like you yes. said you had anxiety how did you yeah. cope with that with all your you know with you setting up your businesses trying to chase your goals and stuff like that i i i how i dealt with that was writing things down Writing things down and reading self-help books, personal development has really, really helped me through lockdown. So reading, 
and doing the things that I love that make me feel happy again. Um, Self-care, even just the littlest things like running myself a bath, you know, those kind of things help me. Meditation, prayer, visualization, yoga, working out, taking the dogs for a walk, just stepping away from the situation for a little while just to regroup. So did you know that it was getting bad, that you was kind of beating yourself up, getting a certain weight over the deadlines? Or was it someone else that kind of pointed out to bring you to that realisation? No, no, I was very much self, I was very much self-aware of it. And it was almost as well that um, I got to a point where when I was doing it, I know how to pull myself straight out of it. So I think in the beginning, when you first, when you first not aware of it, um, it, can, it can cause great confusion, great anxiety, um, and you're obsessing about it. Whereas through self-help and through growth and mindset, um, I've really been able to just change that around now. When I, when I know I'm getting into that, into that space again, I know just to step back out of it and just regroup. That's good. Is that something that you learned from a, a stage in your life? before the pandemic or is that something you just naturally that is something no that 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 came through the pandemic um so through the pandemic I had lost so in my first business which is wedding and event planning as you can imagine my business was hit so hard that's eventfully yours that's eventfully yours yes and it was hit so hard 53 postponed weddings um for that year meant 53 postponed payments for that year. So that was that was going to hit me really hard financially. Um, at first, Matt, I must tell you, at first I was really, really grateful for the time off because at that point I was I was so overworking myself. Weddings, when I've got a wedding on a weekend, I'm I'm up at five and doesn't and I don't come in probably till about 2 a.m. So sometimes I'm on 21, 22 hour days. So to be honest, when it when lockdown first happened, I was enjoying myself. <laughs> I was really enjoying myself. And then reality hit home and thought, wow, 53 postponed weddings, 53 postponed payments. How am I going to deal with this? But at that at this particular time, I had then started embarking on my health and wellness business, which was going through the roof because obviously everyone was trying to keep healthy, everyone was trying to keep safe. So I had that other revenue, even though it wasn't as much as my weddings and events, I had that other revenue coming in. Yeah. And it was through that revenue that I then started to um, establish a whole different journey to network marketing. Um, this is when I started to switch the TV off and purchase books to read. You would have never found me reading before, Matt, ever. I never used to like reading. Um, but I found myself reading a lot of books that was helping my mindset. And then I went back to the drawing board and thought, okay, Sam, we've got no weddings this year. What can we do to help eventfully yours stay alive through this pandemic? So what I started to offer were lockdown parties where they would just be, for instance, say you was throwing your son a first birthday party Obviously, you're not going to have, it's just going to be you, your wife and the children. So we just do small party packages, balloons, maybe an LED light up number one, you know, and you guys can still create memories with this small party package. And we would literally just do those every single week through the week. Um, and that's how I kept the business alive. Wow, that's very smart. So with the books, what what made you go... TV, off, books, come here, <sighs> blow the dust off it, start turning the page and go, ooh. Someone had actually brought me a book. So I thought, okay, it would be rude not to read it. Someone's gone out of their way to purchase this book for me. You know, the least I can do is read it. And But what I didn't realise that was going to happen was that I was literally going to just fall in love with myself all over again and actually establish a whole new world of looking at my mind, um, realizing who I am, walking in purpose, um, establishing where I wanted to go, and, and actually finding out that there was so much more other things that I want to do, Matt. 
um, even now, even as I'm talking to you, you know, there's so much more in the pipeline that I want to do that I haven't even started yet. So I just started to really expand my mind. Um, I started to grow as a person. I started to look at things differently. I started to look at things like, okay, so the pandemic is here. We're in lockdown. It's nothing that we can change. So why worry about it? I just started to have a complete mindset shift. That was what it was. It was a complete shift. Nice. So did you did you deal with it negatively, knowing that you want to stop focusing on deadlines too much, but at the same time, the longer you delayed achieving those deadlines, the further away it was for your goals to actually be realized. Most definitely. How how did you get out of that cycle? How did I get out of that cycle? To be honest, I'm still I'm still slightly in that cycle, especially with this new business. Things don't seem to be going to plan, <laughs> to my plan, should I say? <laughs> and it is it has been it has been a challenge that I hope to talk about in the near future. Um, but I've just got to focus on not just the end goal, but the process and the journey. And I had to kind of remind myself of that because that's something that I will tell my son a lot. Like, let's not focus on just being a footballer, but let's focus on the actual journey to get there. The process matters. The journey to get there matters. And it's just as important as the end goal. goal. So that's what I'm trying to kind of mold myself around, that this is part of the process part of the plan it's part of the story it's part of the journey and did you react negatively when you just didn't hit deadlines like what what does sam look like when she didn't hit a deadline oh gosh i'm frustrated um sleep i mean (laughs) there was one point where i sleep was just okay if i can get three hours i'm good but sleepless nights um going to sleep but my mind not sleeping and all those deadlines and dates reoccurring in my mind so then waking up exhausted like I haven't slept it was all that kind of stuff and it was about as well being on the go I was on the go too much I wasn't making time for myself there was no self-care involved Um, I was literally just this hamster on a wheel constantly so was that a case of you serving everyone else but not yourself yes I think so I think at one point there was no room for, or I, for me there was, I wasn't allowing room for self-care. Wow. So for you, the turning point was the pandemic where things stopped. You know, let's be fair, people. There's 56 weeks in a year. You had 53, 53 weddings for. So if you're putting those, type, that's a lot of weddings. Granted, a lot of them might not have been for the same year, it might have been for the following year, but that's a lot for one person to be conducting and organising themselves. And then, you know, you took, the, you took the time to sort of reflect, do you a little bit, but then you had a light bulb moment yes. and realised, all right, cool, someone's bought me this book, let me just... But was that book for a birthday or was it just a random book someone had bought it you was... because they thought of you? It was, I'd, I'd embarked on my health and wellness journey and I'd met a milestone. So my mentor at the time, my sponsor at the time had brought me this book to basically say, well done. Nice. The, the first thing was, what are you reading, Sam? Not my Bible. <laughs> and then, it, then she presented me with um, a gift. I opened it and it was a book. And that book led on to many, many more books. Um, I can't even believe how many books I actually own. And I don't just read them, Matt. My daughter will even tell you this. I get the book. I highlight. I make notes. I study the book. So this is not just a case of flipping pages, flipping pages. No, I take the time to underline stuff, highlight stuff that resonate with me that I know that I can use in the future, write notes. That's fantastic. I literally destroy the book, to be honest. 
you'd hate me. If you're one of those people that likes their books pristine, you'd absolutely hate me for my books. <laughs> yeah, but at least it means you're reading it and taking <laughs> taking right. value out of it. So yeah. that's, that's that's the positive. True. So since that was a bit of a an L for you because you realise it's not good that you maintain this, what have you gained from it? What is you said you mentioned about this, you know, self care being a thing, but was there anything else that comes to mind that you learned from that experience? Yeah, growth. Growth and looking at things differently. Um, I think back then I tried to control everything. I was a bit of a control freak. Everything had to go my way. Um, but now I'm looking at things differently. Um, I'm not focusing on the things that I can't change, but more so focusing on the things that I can. And I'm learning to just make that time for myself so that I don't burn out. If, and you might have heard me say this before in my previous episodes, I'll always ask people, if you could go back in time to, you know, when you was really in it, what would you say to your younger self? But I kind of want to change it slightly and say, if you could tell yourself at an earlier stage before the pandemic, when would that have been and why? It would have been before... I left my nine to five job, well, actually it was a nine to three, um, to, to, to literally venture out on my first business. It would have been then because I had stayed in that job for 13 years, so miserable and depending on the security of being able to pay the bills um, rather than doing what I love and working on my passion. And what would you have told yourself then? You're just about to step out of your nine to three you just start step at your nine to three and you're like, what, yeah. girl? <laughs> I know you, I know you're about that life. I know you're trying to make it rain and do it on your terms and conditions. However, however, what is it you're going to sell her? I would say believe in yourself and trust the process. So are you saying that you didn't believe in yourself at that time? Yeah, you know, I, I stepped out in a lot of fear. I stepped out in a lot of, when I left my nine till three job, the first thing that you start to think of is how am I going to pay these bills? You know, you've left, I've left the job. Um, I've got an empty diary. Yes, I've got so many plans, but you have to actually go out and get these bookings now. You've got mouths to feed. You've got bills to pay. You've got a roof to keep over your head. Um, and there was a lot of fear. It took a lot for me to hand my notice in, but what I was doing before wasn't serving me and I could no longer stay there. And I always told myself, Matt, that if I'm to leave this job, it is to only to work for myself. There was no option of me going to work for somebody else. That wasn't me. I wasn't going to have another employer, another boss to tell me what to do. If I was leaving that job, it was to work for myself. And I kept that promise to myself. And that's really positive. And, what would you tell yourself about the deadlines? Not to stress over the deadlines. In fact, I probably wouldn't even call them deadlines at the moment. I I would maybe make, I'd still have a goal because you do have to have a goal day in, you know, an, a roundabout time that you want something to happen or you want to achieve something, but not to obsess over it. Like it's not the be all and end all that it's got to be done by the end of January. And how are you now dealing with the fact you've got all these plans that goes in the, you know, that next business venture is in the pipeline, hopefully for yeah, this so year at some point. Yes, most And definitely. you're saying, oh, I've got other plans. How are you coping with those as we speak? That You know what? I've been, at, you know what? I've been really, really good with this, Matt. So I do have those other plans and I'm making baby steps towards them. So I always say baby steps daily. So I am, I'm working towards them already baby steps but I'm I'm finishing I'm focused on this the, the finishing this this project first that's fantastic so I like that that you'll be able to go back to yourself give yourself a bit of encouragement saying yeah might not have it down but you'll get there but don't stress or obsess over yes, the course. stuff but that's right. let's assume someone's listening and they're toying with the idea of going self-employed you left your nine-to-three job with no diary no plans well you had plans, no savings. Sorry, but you didn't. Wow. Okay. No savings. Girl's just girls just out here yeah. just doing the most That's right. with the least budget. Um, but <laughs> you know, you're out there doing this 
But what would you say to yourself or what would you say to a person that's potentially thinking about what are the key points that you think that that would be a takeaway from them that you've learned? So not, not right or wrong. It's just what you would think in that situation. Most, so first of all, I would, there's no right time. I think I stayed in that job so long waiting for the right time to leave. And, and the truth behind that Matt, is that, that there's never no real right time for anything. Um, if you just said it, this was the right time to have your twins, you know, nothing is planned. <laughs> exactly. No, there's no right time for anything. We just, we jump out on a leap of faith and we just, and, and we just trust the process and just get it done. When I left my nine till three, I knew that I have got no choice now. I've got no choice now to bring those bookings in and work on that business and expand on that business. Um, I looked at the people around me really looked at my circle and thought, right, if I'm going to make this happen, then I need to have all the right people around me, the mentor, the inspiration, the accountant, the PR team. These are all my, my, my teamies that are going to get me to my goal. So I would definitely say to somebody, if someone is thinking of going out there self-employed and they have a passion, they have something that they love, literally write down some goals, make some plans on how to do it, break it down and work on it daily. When I was at my job, I wasn't even doing the job, Matt. <laughs> I was just there working on my business in the job, you know, because the thing is, if you wake up to do something that you love Matt there's nothing there's nothing better than waking up doing something that you love yeah and what's that phrase a dream isn't what you have at night when you're sleeping a dream's what's keep you up at night that's right that's right but a dream is just a dream without a goal without plans plans are necessary very true and I think as well, just break it down into a way that works for you and something That's that you right. can deliver on consistently. It's all well Most and good. Definitely. Listen to the words or read the, yeah, read the words or hear the words of someone else and say, oh, that's amazing. I'm going to follow suit on that. But you can't consistently mm -hmm. deliver on it. That's not right for you. You need to find yeah. something that fits you. You've got to model it around what you're doing. That's right. Yeah. And the dynamics of what you're working with. So, exactly. you know, success comes in cans not can't or cannot so focus on what you can do rather than what you can't do that's right and again if you think of success as a number and that number was 10 you could go three times three plus one yes you could go 100 minus 90 there's so many ways you can get to that number yeah, there's so many ways it's just one size doesn't fit all and that's what i think is important in this situation but yes no I greatly appreciate you sharing that wonderful series of nuggets there so let's go on to your next l if you're all right with that okay yeah of course let's have a look the next one you want to talk about is the only L I would consider in my life is the loss of my father. Everything. Yes. Everything L in my life has been nothing but a lesson for me to grow from. But true loss was a loss of my hero. Yes. Yeah. That, that, that hit home on many different reasons. Please. I understand it's going to be a very, very sensitive topic. No, that's okay. That's okay. Go back as far as you feel you need to go back to, to sort of give us a little bit of understanding of what the situation is leading up to when it happened and the impact it had on you. Yeah, of course. I mean, my, my, my father was um, almost like my creative director. So when, when I was little, he would help me make the Easter parade hats and... <laughs> and helped me with my artwork, things like that. And he was an absolute artist. When I was was a child, like we worked on so many projects together, it was unreal. So, um, so to lose my dad, I felt like I'd lost my creative direction, but I, the creativity in me still lives because I, I get that from him. So when I saw your podcast and it was talking about losses, um, I do look at everything as a lesson. Nothing is a loss to me. I look at everything as a lesson because without lessons, you can't grow. So I don't really look at anything as a loss. But yes, like I said to you in my message, the 
the biggest loss or what I would consider and still consider a loss is the loss of my dad. So that that I can appreciate because it sounds like you had a fantastic relationship with him. It sounds like you was Beyonce yes. and he was Beyonce's dad, you know, just doing them <laughs> things. I thought Matthew knows that's what his name is. I should have known that. What a great name. Um, <laughs> but it sounds like he was there. He was fully supportive and helped you in ways that you can now describe, but probably at the time you couldn't. When he did pass, was you relatively young? No, this, this my dad passed away seven years ago. Seven years ago, I dropped the children off to school. And um, the night before, he had had some some pains in his chest. And my dad was one of those that never took things like Nurofen and Paracetamol and things like that. So it was like, oh, it will be fine. It's okay. I'm just going to go go to bed and sleep it off. Um, and then I dropped the children off to school the next day. And my mother called me. And Matt, I, I can't tell you how those those screams from my mum down the phone are probably, they'll probably haunt me for the rest of my life, those screams. Um, because nothing prepared me. In fact, something did pre- prepare me, but nothing prepared me for the loss of my dad. And I remember being in church the day before. And... It stems back to, so I got baptised in the, in in July and then leading up to September, the Sunday before the Monday that I found out the news, um, my pastor had said to me, something's coming, Sam, something, something is coming and I need to prepare you for it. And she gathered the ministers, the ministerial team, and they, they formed a circle around me and prayed for me. Um, but she said, I don't know what it is, but it's coming and I need you to prepare for it. And it was so odd that the next day um, that news came and almost changed my life. Man. sounds really heart-wrenching and very sorry for you and your family's loss and everyone else that was impacted on that it's never a good time to lose a loved one um for those that don't know i've lost five family members over the space of 16 months all in separate occurrences so i've had more suits to go to funerals than i did any other function so yes even though i was relatively young in my high school years it still had a lasting impact on me so i can only imagine what it's like losing someone really near and dear to you um in that capacity it's just it just doesn't feel right at any point but it's nice that you had that sort of support around you that you had that kind of heads up and you had those people out there to able to support you and give you what you need it may not have been physically what you needed but it sounds like it spiritually was what you needed to help you it was definitely yeah it definitely helped me and my church family are are amazing they're absolutely amazing and I think that I in comparison to some of my other siblings, although I, although I, it was hard for me, I found ways through my faith to deal with it, to deal with it um, better, should I say, um, and to try to seek comfort from it and to try to look at the bright side of things. Um, but it is hard. It's really, it's really, really hard because my dad hasn't been around in the time when I've stepped out to be this entrepreneur and he hasn't been around, you know, to see my son going on to a football career, my daughter being an absolute beauty and brain box. And he hasn't seen any of that. He hasn't physically witnessed any of that. And I can only imagine how hard it is because, you know, you looked up to him. He was your hero and he's then not able to see the fruits of his labor that he yes, put into you yes, and your other siblings right. to yes. sort of say, dad this is what I, if you didn't treat me or raise me the way he was yes. we wouldn't be here today but yeah. I think that's probably more telling about how amazing he was in the foundation that him and his wife your mum created in you guys to help you say yes. yeah do you know what I kind of did all I did so that when I'm not here you're still gonna flourish and here you are flourishing as you are but how did you how did you deal with that because 
I, I, I'm not trying to dominate the conversation about how I've, my experiences with death, but for you to hear your mother cry yeah, on the phone like that, like you said that would haunt you until... Scream. Scream, sorry. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll hear those I'll hear those screams forever, Matt. But how did you deal with that? Because you just dropped the kids off. How, do you live far from your mother? Yeah. No, I don't. I don't live far. Um, I went straight to the to the family home um we arranged obviously to to pick the children back up from school and it was really hard Matt. I'll tell you why it was hard because my so my mother is Jamaican and my father is Asian the Hindu culture and the way that they do things is so quick like they do it so quick it's it's turned around in in a matter of days and you, it does, you don't have that time for it to sink in. And even the way that they do things um, with the funeral, you know, going down like the, 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 the older boys have to go down there, and which would have been my brothers, um, go down and wash the body and dress the body. The body actually comes into the family home um, called the, the puja. Um, and then it's, you know, off to the crematorium. And literally everything is over, like, in, in a space of days and I remember being in the funeral car mat and I remember looking outside and the whole world is just going by as normal and I just wanted to scream out to everyone excuse me like I've lost my dad here can you all just stop what you're doing for a moment yeah. <laughs> and you know and, Mourn and, as well. and I think yeah and, and I think that is the saddest thing about death is that everything just still keeps moving in the background um, and that that was difficult for me. That was really difficult for me. And I can imagine because that's your not your entire world, but a big part of your world oh, that my world. is no longer there. It's yeah. now a planet that's no longer orbiting you. It's just out. Yeah. Did that impact your way? Like how? Well, don't even impact you as a mother. How did you cope with that? Because you still have parental responsibilities. Yeah, that's right. And I think if it wasn't, you know, when you have children, you kind of not, um, what's the word? You try not to cry around them as often and you try not to be upset. Um, But my my downtime was maybe the evenings after they'd go to bed. You know, I, I was really struggling. I was really struggling. Even now sometimes, Matt, you know, we recently lost my grandmother, which is his mom. And I literally feel like it's an end of an era because my grandfather passed away, then my dad passed away, and now his mother passed away just just a few weeks ago. So it kind of brought everything back up. And I literally just feel like it's an end of an era on that side of the family at the moment. And I I get that. And I'm very sorry again for your loss. It's, I guess, the comfort comfort words I would try to share is it feels that way and it's going back to what we previously said about yes your head you know That's we're logical right. people yes. but when you're caught up in your feelings your head suddenly has no yeah. access to anything That's they're right. locked out That's right. and yes. you're feeling all that you're feeling but yeah. when you look at your family and you look at how amazing your son is how amazing yes. your daughter is all the amazing things you've accomplished you kind of say that they're not gone it's just it's just a, yeah, a different they're, they're model very much still alive in me Yes, yeah, it's a different right. model. It's a modern day model that's showing like, how are you doing such great things? Well, you see the people that went before me? Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, here we are. And and I think that's that's something that is hard to deal with. But I guess you look at the planet as well. It's a crowded place, mate. That's Unfortunately, right. people coming in, people have to go yes, out. And it's unfortunate right. when it's going to be yeah, someone guaranteed. we care about or even even when it comes to us. We don't want to check out, but you know, if we don't go, no. someone else can't come in. That's right, and it is it is hard. Um, but that's just my personal and weird way of seeing it. It's I guess it's what keeps me com- uh, comforted knowing that people are not going to be around forever. But you know what? Do the work you can do now. Why you can that's do it right. now? Enjoy we've it every moment to, you can. We've got, exactly. We've just got to. For me, um, I always say to the children, you know, it's not what we own in this life. We don't own anything in this life. We're all on mm-hmm. borrowed time, Matt tomorrow isn't promised but do little things you know to make a difference in other people's lives you know 
I'm personally work, working towards just leaving a legacy behind for my children. You know, the clothes, the cars, the jewelry, none of that stuff's going to matter. But what I leave behind, the legacy that I leave behind for them, that's what matters. The people that you've helped along the way, you know, that you've made a difference um, to somebody else's life, they're the things that matter. They're the things that get you through this life. Yeah. They're the things that people remember you for. Definitely that. And did your, I don't want to say your children suffer because that's not appropriate. I want to say, did they... Were they affected? Yeah. Because, I'm, again, I'm, it's really hard. This is a very hard topic for me right now because I'm, I'm going back to my yes, time. Of course. And yeah. I know that I felt... Oh, my mum's not going to be happy hearing this, but it is what it is. At <laughs> some point, I felt neglected because yes. my mum lost one of her parents and then within 16 months lost the other parent and okay. in between that lost nephews and nieces. So... I was quite neglected because she's dealing yes. with the family and everyone else family like that. stuff, yeah. I can only imagine my mum's trying to hold it down on her ones, trying to do everything. Yeah. As an individual, you are entitled to feeling what you need to feel. As parents, it kind of feels like you, you'll, you'll martyr everything. I'm doing everything for my babies. I don't need to. I'm tired. <laughs> I was tired. I'm just, <laughs> I'm doing everything for everybody. But when something like that hits you, I can imagine it disrupts you so deeply that it's yeah, hard to it continue as normal normal in quotation yes. mark how do you think that impacted your parental responsibilities or how you was within the house to, compared to how your children has previously seen you well I definitely give a lot of thanks to my partner the father of my children because when I'm down he's there to pick up the pieces so if children know that our oh, mom's down or mom's feeling low, um, they're never neglected in that sense. Um, they know they have their father as well, which is great. And what I love about my family is that me and my partner have always been so very open and honest with our children. We talk to our children. Our children talk to us. It is so, so important that you have that relationship with your children because we're living in dark times, Matt. We're living in very, very dark times. And the only thing I ever wanted really was for my children to be comfortable enough to come to me and be able to tell me anything. I might not like what they have to say, but if I have encouraged my children to be open and honest with me, then I can't then be shouting at them and you know ridiculing their feelings. I've got to be open and honest back as well. So when we do go through low times, valley times that I call them, you know, yeah. they're, they're very understanding. They have each other. They have a great relationship with each other as well. And, um, and, and they have, they have this bond with, with our church family as well. So they're never sure of anyone to turn to, which I love. That's a beautiful thing to hear. It really is. Do you do you think that you've? I don't think that's the right question to ask. I really, really am this. Oh, this one's just being spun me right now. <laughs> I, I I like the fact that you've got that relationship with your kids. I I am trying to have the same one with my children, but my children are significantly younger than yours, but for me it doesn't hurt to still allow them to have that space to talk so when I will ask him how are you feeling that I'm feeling good or I'm feeling sad whatever I'm still giving him that space that time to talk my question is I guess when you felt that way do you think you reacted in a negative way or I don't know just just weren't cooking dinner weren't looking after yourself mentally you was just nah can't be asked work's not even a thing yeah most definitely I even even you know I definitely still have a time where I say like I'm feeling negative but because my children know me and they and they know how I am like for instance my daughter she's 16 now she'll be 17 in October 
But if she knows that I'm having that kind of day, she will she will physically say, right, okay, come on, stop. Stop now, mom. Let's 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 have a look. What what's wrong? You know, what what can we do to make the situation better? So I, I feel like growing as they've grown up, I've also taught them in, in regards to mindset, um, in how to think as well. They've whatever whatever I have been quite late in knowing. I'm feeding it to them as early as possible, Matt, so that they can develop this from now. Even the things that, you know, that I, we, we never used to know anything about saving money as, 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 as children in my era, um, saving money, property investment, running your own business, working for yourself and being your own boss. They weren't a thing when, when, when I was a child. It was, no, you've got to go and get your grades, make sure you've got good grades so you can get a good job and work a nine till five. That was it. That was it. We wasn't taught anything else. However, because I know that I wasn't taught those things, I'm now teaching my children those things. So when Shania is 18, I'm like, go, go and buy your first flat or your first apartment, your first house, you know, save your money, invest. I'm teaching my children these things now because if I have it my way, you know, um, I don't want my children to grow up, Matt, and be working for somebody else for years and years and years to come. It's nice to have the experience. Like I said, she's got an interview tomorrow morning for a summer job, but I have also taught Shania business and entrepreneurial skills. Shania works with me at Eventfully Yours. Shania has placed orders for me for my health and wellness business. Shania will probably go on and work some hours in my new business venture. I'm teaching Shania and Tevez, teaching my both my children to be their own bosses, their own entrepreneurs. And what's, what do you think is so important about that? You touched it about saying that you was taught things late or you came to things late, but you want to get head started. Why else do you think it's important? Because technically school prepares them for life, does it not? I think what school doesn't prepare them for is struggle. When I when I when I worked, you know, I it's almost like you work to pay bills. And when I worked back 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 then, I literally had enough money to pay the bills, but then there was not much left after that to enjoy life. So you end up being in a cycle of surviving and not living. I want my children to live, Matt. I want my children to live. So it sounds like you had a job just over broke. Yeah, that's right. Which unfortunately is a vicious cycle that we can find ourselves being It's in. a vicious, exactly, for years and years to come. I was talking to um, someone about it. And I think I even, yeah, I spoke to you a couple of people about this. and. Well, I have history in finance, uh, 15 years of it. It was the fact that you have mums and dads, if you're from our culture, would all cuss you out, saying, yeah. like, don't ask me a question about money. Like, this is big people problem. Like, mind your business. All right, cool. And they see you spend money on things that they don't agree with. Yeah. And then cuss you out, saying, why you save money? And it's like, you ain't taught me nothing about money. When I ask you, you go That's shoot me right. in my face. So yeah. why now, when I go do my own saying, you're then coming at me like I should know everything, like I've got a degree in it. You ain't told me anything, so let me just exactly. do me. Yeah. If you don't want me to go to do me, tell me. That's right. And I don't think that the schools, you know, the schools don't teach children um, these things, um, business owning, property investment, saving money, mortgages, you know, things like They don't. They don't. The schools do not teach them. Can they spell mortgage? They don't teach them about multiple streams of income. You know, they don't teach those things in school. Yeah, it is unfortunate that the school system is okay because it is and doesn't necessarily feel like it's fit for purpose. I think that's a bit of a broad statement to make, but it feels like it is far away from what today is all about. Yes, def most definitely. And I think if it could be revamped, then hopefully it could do it. But from the sounds of it, you're doing a fantastic job living the life you're living, showing your children, not just telling them how they can live their lives, and hopefully, because you've brought them on a journey with you, they can see how you've gone from being working for a company, making them lots of money and then paying you quite well for it. And then saying to them, do you know why they pay me this money? Because I'm making them X amount of money. Let me show you how that's done by you now stepping out, doing your own yes. thing. And yes, there's a chance that you could step out and you fall flat on your face. 
but there's every other chance that you might soar high in the sky. That's right. And you yeah. don't have to be the best because you ain't trying to get every single client out there. You're just no, trying to get in, you're trying to carve out your own space that is enough for you and your family to achieve your dream. And plus, if you're going to try and do other ventures, you don't want too much because it's like, I need this plate to be able to spin on its own or with minimal interaction so I can go spin some other plates over there and do other things. Exactly, exactly. And that, that sounds good. Do you, do you think that, do you think your dad would be proud of you? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'd like to think so. I think that he, I think he's very proud of me. I think he's very proud of me, which makes me very proud of myself. I have no doubt he'd be proud of you. And I like the fact that you smiled. Just thinking about him, just like the mention of him just makes you smile. And that is, <laughs> and I think that that in itself and the joy, the laugh that you have for him, that tells me that he's still here. His memories will never yes. go away, especially if they're making you smile, especially making you laugh. And you just bring joy to other people's lives. And that's through the relationship you had with him. And here it is manifesting itself in what you do. So I think that's a beautiful thing. Thank you. Is there anything you would have told yourself shortly after you received the news and you may not have reacted in the best possible way? Is there anything you would have told yourself to kind of get you to subside the emotions and re-engage the head a little bit? I think at that particular time, no, I don't think anybody could have really calmed me down from that news. Um, and the fact that it was just over so quick as well meant that I had to deal with that for quite some time afterwards, for a very long time afterwards. Um, even little things like, oh, dad, why didn't you just, why did you just not take an aspirin? You know, so there was like, there was bits of anger in there as well. Um, lots of upset. And and then you start to question as well, did I did I do enough? Did I call enough? Did I see him enough? And they're all they're all silly answers. They're all like, of course she did, but you know, you don't those things don't stop entering your mind, should I say. You go through a lot of what ifs in your mind, you ask yourself a lot of questions, um, and probably create problems, more problems that didn't even exist just because of the way that you are in your thoughts and feelings. Yeah. So if you're saying there was nothing that anyone could say or do at that point, what helps you to get to the point where should I say we landed? You kind of use up there, you was going for everything, and now you're like, I'm there. My faith. Okay. Did you go to church straight after it happened? It was just a continuation, really, of attending church. I don't think that if it had not been for my church family, Matt, I think I probably would have gone off on a very downward spiral. I don't think things would have been as as easy flowing as they were, even though there was still a lot of hurt and anger. But I think I don't think I'd have dealt with things very diplomatic the way that I did. I think I would have been very acting out of rage, acting out of anger, but going to church and hearing the word of God, um, being around my church family and crying it out in church and just being unapologetically upset. I, you know, I was upset. so. It was definitely my church that got me through. Do you know what? I absolutely love that. Unapologetically upset. And I think too many of us are apologetic for all the wrong reasons. Why are you apologise for being who you are? And there's no reason why who you are today isn't necessarily going to be a different person who you are tomorrow, the day after, or whatever. Just be you, own that. Yes. So you can grow and go Mm -hmm. past it if if need be. I, I really do. So that was a loss clear and simply there's no other way of putting that that was definitely a loss yeah that was a big L (laughs) what have you gained what have you gained from experiencing that in life I've gained I've gained strength that I didn't know that I had Um, I've gained clarity Um, I've gained the process that 
or the confirmation really that not everything is forever. So love the people that are around you and cherish them. When you find good people in your life, might keep them um, because tomorrow isn't promised. I think that's good. I think that's, yeah, it, this, this is a definitely hard topic for me. My gosh, I thought I'd handle this. But clearly, <laughs> clearly death is definitely one of those ones that is just strug- I'm struggling with. Maybe I'll have to it do a, a solo episode where I talk one. it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely going to have to talk that one out at some point. Gosh. So what I'm going to say is then is thank you very much for all you said, shared, and I wish nothing but the best for you and your family and obviously thank your fur babies you, because, you know, they're super cute and whatnot. <laughs> for the next however long, plug yourself, your businesses, your everything you're doing. Let people know where they can find you, reach out to you. The floor is yours. Okay, so you can find me on Instagram, on Facebook. So my first business, which is wedding and event planning, styling and coordinating, that is Eventfully Yours. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also find my health and well-being page under Samantha Laurel on Instagram. And you will slowly but surely be seeing my new business venture, which again will be the sweet treat. And that will be on Instagram as well. All of those links will be in the show notes. So people, you'll see it there. You'll find her. <laughs> to be honest, you're going to see it on every billboard anyway. You're going to see it on TV and all, <laughs> all YouTube ads all of a sudden. You're watching your thing on YouTube and it's like, I know Sam. She did a wedding. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. God willing, God willing. It's taking over the world one one venture at a time. Gosh, are you on LinkedIn? No, I'm not, you know. You know what, Matt? Let me tell you a secret. I I did not discover social media until four years ago when birthing eventfully yours. Because I used to, I, I steer away I steered away from it so much because I just didn't want that distraction. Um, and I saw a lot of things being posted on social media that were just not for me. So I, I, I always personally stayed away from it. I was never on Facebook personally. I was never on Instagram personally, nothing. And then when I decided to step out on my business venture, my friend said to me, you do realize what you're going to have to do now. The one thing that you hate, and I'm like, what? She said, social media. You're going to have to learn how to run social media. And you know what? I'm still not the best at it, Matt, but I know the basics. (laughs) I know the basics and the basics get me through. And 90% of my business is through through Instagram alone. I could honestly tell you did a fantastic job. Your pictures are amazing. (laughs) Thank you so much. There's always room for improvement in everything we do. But when I look at your picture, I'm like, my girl's getting a proper professional with it. So, no, she's my iPhone. Oh, shame. I'm literally using my iPhone, Matt. (laughs) Shame. You know, I mean, my girl's got better angles than I do, and I have a DSLR. Like, come on, <laughs> it's like what, <laughs> what? <laughs> but you're you're doing a great job, and you know, all the people you're making happy with the weddings and the stylings, and it's not yes, it's a money making exercise because people are willing to pay whatever they pay for LV, Gucci, and whatnot. Break me off something, and I'll make your day as best I can do. It's got to be deeper than that, though. Yeah, but that's what I like about your your you've attached yourself to it. It's what you want to do, and your helping them achieve what they want in life but you're adding your little spin to it you're listening to them and you're making their dreams a reality so oh yes most definitely that is that is commendable and i just love how professional you are with it all um yeah i've got nothing but you know good vibes for you and just hope that you go from strength to strength to strength oh thank you so much thank you and all i can say is i really appreciate being on here ah, i appreciate having you um i just feel like i dropped the ball come the second question i was like ah <laughs> ah, don't ah. Worry, don't worry. i thought either you'll you'll go or i'll go <laughs> so i'm glad yeah. that you've gone <laughs> yeah just it was just like oh ah ah it's fine <laughs> it's fine it just proves i'm human so all the people that say how are you staying so straight faith at all these interviews yeah yeah that's my kryptonite that's my kryptonite right there so i will probably do a solo episode at some point where i explain oh my journey around that why is the touchy subject 
yeah. yeah, it will be forever and a day. I think it's definitely good um, to talk about it. I think when we bottle stuff up, we we harbour feelings that that fester out of us in a negative way. Yeah. Um, and it brings back bad feeling as well. And it's something that I've had to learn to do as well, Matt, that I used to bottle things up. I'm not, I'm not one to go out talking to everyone and anyone about what's going on in my life. So, yeah, I, I had to find those people around me, Matt, that I could speak openly and honestly with. Um, and that brought healing. It brought a lot of healing. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that's part of the reason why I like the podcast because I get to have people that I feel like I get good yes. vibes with, have that conversation, and this keeps that energy going. Whereas, unfortunately, when you're out on the street, you don't know who you're going to be talking to and what type of energy they may be carrying themselves. That's right. So, yes, once again, thank you very, very much for coming on here. Thank, uh, you. thank you very much for your daughter for her tech support. Um, <laughs> throughout the call. So uh, I will wrap this up and say to anyone, everyone, if you want to reach out and connect with Sam, she's there. All her socialness in the show notes. Um, you'll see us add it. I'll collaborate with her when I put this post out on Instagram. So you'll see it there. Fantastic individual taking over the world one business at a time. And honestly, if you don't know about her now, trust me, you're going to know about her soon, soon enough. So everyone, if you haven't learned already, every L is not a loss. Please follow us on Instagram, which is Every Other Podcast, and Twitter, which is Every Other Podcast. Once again, you'll find me on Facebook and LinkedIn and whatnot. I'm getting there. It's a lot of work. But ultimately, guys, girls, and however you identify, enjoy yourself, live life as you can in the present. And just remember, your right now is not your forever. Take care. See you next time. Mm-hmm.